0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Today, we're kind of switching gears a little bit. We're actually talking today a little bit about the functionality. Of the fruit in our life. The, the, basically, the fruit, many times in Scripture when you see the word fruit, it actually references and goes together with good works. So we see the fruit of the Spirit, but we also see that, that one of the fruit, some of the fruit that comes out of our life is actually the works or the deeds that we produce. Check this out. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 says, We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Thank you, Paul, for praying for me that I would live a life worthy of the Lord. How many of you want to live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way? Every way. I want to please the Lord every way. Live a life worthy of the Lord. How many of y'all are are with, with me on that? You don't want to just please the Lord in some ways. Come on, we have our little categories Come on, if you've been in this thing for very long, you know that you have those little categories you're doing well in, right? You've checked the little box. Oh, I'm doing pretty good in that, pretty good in that, pretty good in that. But over here, I have the non-checked boxes, right? Sadly, most of the time, we're focused more on the non-checked boxes. I th- I, come on, are you with me? I think that if we just focus on the source, all of our boxes would just get checked. But he says that we may please him in every way bearing fruit. How do we please him? We've been talking about this this whole series. We, we please him by Producing fruit, by bearing fruit, by yielding fruit in our lives. Bearing fruit in every good work. I mean, you know that you're not saved by your good works? You're saved for good works. You're saved in two good works. So your efforts don't save you, but when you get saved, you do good things. You be good people. Right? You're not saved because you're a good person. Being saved makes you a good person. Come on, it makes you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, growing in the knowledge of God. Check this out, Romans 7, 4. Now you are united with the one who raised you from the dead. Thank you, Jesus. As a result, because of that, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. So because you're one with Christ, because you're in Christ, now you can do good things. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do good. Nothing. So you might think your deeds are good, and the world may say you're doing good, right? You might get a reward for being the person of the year or the person of the century. But if those works are apart from Christ, he considers it nothing. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. So I would rather do something that was insignificant in the eyes of people, but significant in the eyes of God. That's success. Are you with me? But it will look like something. It will look like good deeds. Galatians 6. Uh, Pastor Leslie did a great job of talking about the Scripture, and I wanted to kind of jump on that as well. Galatians 6. We love this verse. It's a great verse to put on your refrigerator. Come on, it's a great verse to put on your mirror. Do not be misled. Everybody say, don't be deceived. That's one translation. The NIV says, do not be deceived. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest where you plant. You will always harvest where you plant. The NIV says a man reaps what he sows. Other words, to think if I won't reap when I sow, I actually mock God's justice. I actually fall into deception to think that I can live however I want and produce any kind of the fruit that God wants. The only way you can produce The fruit that God wants is by sowing yourself as a life that pleases the Lord. Are you okay? You cannot mock the justice of God. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature, everybody says who I am. That's who you are, right? Who you are outside of Christ, that's your sinful nature. That's your flesh. Check this out. So those who live to only satisfy their own sinful nature or Their self, you might say that, those that live to please themselves That's a good way to look at that. Will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. That's just the way I am. You keep living according to the way that you are, you will reap decay and death. But those who live to please the spirit. Are you with me? Those that leave to, live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So we've got to sow Spirit to reap Spirit. If all you ever do is sow in your life to please yourself, to make yourself happy, come on, to do whatever you're comfortable with, you will reap corruption. But if you live a life to say, God, I just want to please you, I just want to please you. It says that we will receive, we will reap a harvest of everlasting, eternal life from the Spirit. And again, we talked a lot about that last week, about life and the Spirit. And you can go back and listen to it. Verse 9, so let us not get tired of doing what's good. How many of y'all ever get tired of doing what's good? Have you ever been in a place in your life where you say, well, I've been doing the right thing. I've been doing the right thing for like five years. come on, Lord, let's just be honest. I'm like, God, I've been doing this for a long time. And he's like, yeah, I know. Right? Like, we got to tell the Lord something. I mean, no, it's okay to ask the Lord questions. In fact, he welcomes that. He loves for you to go, like, if you go, Lord, why am I not reaping? That's a good question to ask him. Say, God, I've been sowing and I'm not reaping. What's going on? That's a good question to ask him. Because if you're continually sowing and you're not reaping, something's wrong. So it's a good question to ask the Lord. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. Have you ever done the right thing for so long and it didn't seem like it was doing any good? Don't get tired. Don't get tired of doing the right thing, of doing the godly thing. Because at just the right time, oh, come on, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if Oh, but the grace. No, if if we do not give up. So you don't get rewarded for just a little bit. You get rewarded for whatever it takes if you don't give up. Oh, we hate that. I know that's hard to tell you in 2016. Come on, if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, you should do good to everyone, especially those of the family of faith. So the contingency is this on receiving the harvest, of receiving fruitfulness in our life. Because, man, some of us have been trying to be fruitful. Now we're, we're, We talked about the fruit of the Spirit last week. We've been trying to do fruitful maybe in our, in our job. We've been trying to be fruitful maybe in our marriage. We've been trying to be fruitful at, a, at an idea that God has put in our heart. We've been trying to be fruitful for years. I want to encourage you this morning, don't give up. You keep doing the right thing. You keep doing the good thing. You keep doing the thing that pleases the Lord. Not yourself, but pleases the Lord. And then, and then, and then you'll receive a harvest. It might take months. It might take years. It might take decades. But at just the right time, at just the right time, not your time, but God's time, Y'all okay today? I know we don't like to hear that. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. We're talking about faithfulness. Come on here with me. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. See, God is looking for faithful people, the people that won't give up. God is looking for faithful people. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those who whose hearts are fully committed to them. So God's eyes are looking on the earth going, who is faithful? Who's faithful to me? This is what the Lord looks for. He looks for faithfulness. Why does, he look, why does God look for faithful people? Because he wants to pour out a blessing. And blessing, can I tell you today, blessing comes to the faithful. It doesn't come because you, you made a decision and you prayed a little prayer. Blessing comes to the faithful. Let's just keep that straight. And he wants to pour out a blessing. So he's looking. He's not looking through the whole earth going, hmm, let's see who I can get mad at today. Who's been unfaithful? He's not looking for the unfaithful. Come on. They're getting their reward. Nothing. He's looking for the faithful. He's going, I want to bless somebody. Who can I bless today? Whose heart is fully committed to me? I want to bless them. Check this out. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man will be richly blessed. So God wants to bless you. The promise of faithfulness is blessing fruitfulness. We all want that. I want it. Do you want it? Psalms 18.25 To the faithful you show yourself as faithful. Now we will say, well, no. even when I'm faithless, he remains faithful. Understand that that is speaking of the nature of God. That is not speaking of your circumstance. And it says for he can't deny himself because nothing can nullify God's faithfulness. He just is. But if we are faithful to him, we'll actually see his faithful hand in our life. And that's what I was talking about right there in Psalm 18. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. You want to know know the faithfulness of God? You be faithful to God. That's how you see God's faithfulness. You don't see God's faithfulness by, by, by praying a prayer one time and not doing anything with it for six months. You don't see God's faithfulness that way. You just don't. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. I know that a lot of preachers can get up and tell you that and make you feel real good about yourself. But I can tell you, if you don't put anything in, you're not going to get anything out. It's just the way it is. So don't expect some supernatural blessing to overtake you if you're not being faithful to God. You've got to stay in the pocket. So what is faithfulness? What does it mean to be faithful? Here's here's the Webster's Dictionary version. Faithful. Faithful means to be full of faith, steadfast in affection or allegiance, loyal how loyal are you to Jesus and to his kingdom? Firm in adherence to promise or an observance of duty. Conscientious. It's a weird word. Conscientious. Given, to, given with strong assurance. Binding. True to the facts. To a standard. To an original. Faithful. Constant. Steady. Grinding. Can I tell you today, for the Christian, there is no such thing as half-hearted devotion. In fact, to use the word, I've heard people say, well, I'm a committed Christian. That's a redundancy. Y'all know what a redundancy is? It's like you said the same thing twice. Like small shrimp, that's a redundancy, right? All shrimp are small, right? Are y'all with me today? So it's a redundancy to say committed Christian. There is no such thing as a Christian with half-hearted devotion, there's just no such thing. We're followers. We, we bought in. We've left the net. We've sold. We, we bought the field. We sold everything we had. We bought the field. Here we are. Do you even know faithfulness? Do you even know, bro? Do you even know faithfulness? Listen, faithfulness knows no season. Faithfulness knows no circumstance. Faithfulness is constant, unrelenting devotion. Faithfulness. We live in an age where we feel entitled to a blessing. Come on. Well, I, I, I should just get that because of who my parents are or because I live in America. You're not entitled to Jack Deadly's squat. Let me tell you what you deserve. Well, we'll save up for the message on hell. We live in an age that we've done less. We've done less with more than any other Age. I mean we have you have inform you have the information of the entire world you have you have access to any knowledge on the planet within moments and we've done so little with what we have I'm afraid that at the end I, I believe that we are the most accountable age that's ever lived because knowledge is what makes us accountable I mean you've got you can wake up and you you have a bible app notifying you of a scripture of the day, and you hit dismiss. Oh, Oh, I want to be godly. Dismiss. i got to work. I need five more minutes of sleep. Come on, let's just be real. We need to be faithful people, faithful. We're so consumed with the idea of convenience, of somebody else putting the work in for me. God is looking for someone he can bless. Listen, I'm not talking about the blessing that comes to you because you live in Texas. That's a great blessing. I'm talking about the blessing that comes to you because you are a citizen of heaven. We live in an age that wants to reap where we haven't sown. Listen, if you have a garden and you want to have things come up in that garden, you have to put seeds in that garden. You don't just go. Listen, you know what comes up? You know what comes up if you don't plant anything? Weeds. If you don't work the garden, what do you get? Weeds. And they will come and they will suck the water and suck the nutrients, and you will not see fruit in your life. You have have to reap in order to sow. Y'all okay today? The contingency of being fruitful is remaining faithful. If we don't give up. If we don't give up. But how long? as long as it takes 50 years 80 years, if it takes that long come on by the grace of God I'm declaring over you that it won't take that long but if it does do you have that steadfastness in your heart do you have that stillness to say whatever it takes it's for Jesus you won't be fruitful without being faithful it's impossible If you disconnect yourself from the vine, that's what we've been talking about this whole series, John 15. Those who remain in me and I with them, they will produce much fruit. You do your own thing. You live your own life. Don't expect the fruit that pleases God. People can know your name, celebrate you, love you. You can make billions, whatever it is that you do. But don't expect it to be from God, the blessing to be from God you got to stay in the pocket of faithfulness. In the big and the small, in the task that I'm doing, the dream in my heart, the season I'm in, whatever's in my hand, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be, Jesus said it this way in the parable of Matthew 25, which I'm not going to get into. He says, if you're faithful with little, I'll make you ruler over much. What we do is we go, if I had a lot, I would be faithful with it. And God's going, I want to see what you can do with $10 before I give you $100. Well, God's not blessing my finances. How How faithful are you with 10 cents? Well, I, I just can't afford it. I guarantee you, if you can't afford it now, you won't afford it later. Well, I just don't have any time. How good of a steward are we? How faithful are we with our time? Come on. Well, I, I've got work and I've got... I just, I don't have time to spend time with Jesus. Well, then don't expect to bear the fruit that he loves. He loves you. He wants the blessing. In fact, he wants you to partner with his faithfulness. Are y'all okay today? You say, y'all, you're preaching law. Last time I checked, I was preaching from Galatians chapter 6 right there. Come on. This is speaking to the redeemed new covenant Christian. You're not entitled to squat. well. So faithfulness. Faithfulness could be described as faithful endurance. An endurance that's full of faith. An endurance that's full of faith. Y'all okay? All right. Y'all all right? Listen. So how do, how do, we, how do we be faithful? How, how can I be found faithful? The first thing that you got to do if you're going to be found faithful is you've got to focus on Jesus. Because what happens is we get weary and we focus on me, my strength, how much energy I have today how much I'm seeing, but we don't focus on the scene, right? Listen, if you want to focus on the scene, on what you see, then expect the fruit that you produce to be things that go away after your eyes don't work anymore. Or after you're dead and you can't see anymore with your physical eye. But if you want to produce life in the spirit, then you've got to sow into the spirit. You've got to focus on Jesus, eternal values. Are you okay with me? Hebrews chapter 12. I love this. This is probably my favorite favorite passage in Scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, now what does that mean? Every time there's a therefore in Scripture, you've got to ask yourself, what's it there for? Well, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, it starts talking about all these people, all these people of faith, all, all the legacy of all the people in Scripture, it starts talking about Abraham. It starts talking about uh, Samuel. And it starts talking about all these people that lived their life, that ran their race. And he says, oh, they've done all this, but they didn't receive what was promised. They didn't receive the new covenant. Then he says this in, in chapter 12. He starts all saying, therefore, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, what he's talking about is he's talking about there's all these people that, it, that were in heaven that were faithful before you were faithful, and they're looking at you. I heard a message one time preached Moses needs you. It's like they they ran their race, they passed the baton onto the next guy and they went and they stood in the stands and they said let's go. Do this. You're in the race now. It's your turn. We say, oh, I wish I could live in the time of Jesus. Or wouldn't it be cool to live in the time of David? Listen, it's your turn. God selected this time in human history for you to run your race. So what do you do? You're going to focus on somebody else's race? No, no. You're going to run your race. You're going to focus on Jesus. as says, therefore, since we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, people cheering us, come on, you can do it. Be faithful. You're going to do it. It's a lot easier than it was when I ran. But you can still run your race. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, the thing that jacks up our race, and let us run with perseverance. Perseverance. Faithfulness. I'm not a runner. Some of y'all are runners. You know what it's like to be faithful to the run? I'm not faithful to the run. I bail out in 10 minutes. I'm like, five minutes. I'm like. (gasps) Some of y'all are like five miles, and I'm like. I'm on the sideline. Yes, you can do it. Be faithful. And let us run with perseverance. Listen, the race marked out for us. This is your race. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus. So when you're running this race, you fix your eyes on Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He, he started it and he finished it. He is the author and the perfecter or the finisher of the faith. He accomplished everything you need for life and godliness. Who for the joy, and this is what it says about him, for who the joy that was set before him, it was perseverance, it was hard, it was difficult for Jesus, we've talked about this, but for the joy, the reward that was set before him. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. And it says, now that he's set at the right hand of the throne of God. And then it says this, verse three, consider him, look at him. Who endured such opposition. It was hard. It was difficult. Look at Jesus. Look how hard it was for Jesus. Consider him. Oh man, I've been doing the right thing for so long. I've been fighting for my marriage for so long. You just keep going. I've been trying to fight this sin, this addiction for so long. You just keep going. Consider him. Consider the cross. Consider him that endured such opposition from sinful men. That you won't grow weary and lose heart. So when you're running your race and it's hard and you've been doing the right thing for so long, you just consider Jesus and go, man, Lord, it's hard. But I know for you it was much harder. And I know that you're the author and the finisher, that you finished your race so I can finish mine. Jesus, the great finisher. You know, when Jesus said it is finished, he said it is finished. He didn't say you were finished. Come on. Paul said, I'm finishing my race to Timothy when he wrote a letter to Timothy. He's like, I'm a drink offering being poured out. I finished my race. Are you going to finish your race? Are you going to bail out? The race got too hard. It got too difficult. I got too tired. Listen, don't grow weary and lose heart. Consider Jesus. He finished strong so you can finish strong. Can I tell you today that doing the right thing is a reward in itself? When you've been doing the right thing, every day sometimes, you need to pat yourself on the back and you say, good boy, you did the right thing. It was hard and you did the right thing again. And there'll be many days when you have to do the right thing. And you need to get around people that'll tell you, they don't encourage you and pat you on the back and tell you, you're doing the wrong thing, right thing. Can I tell you, you also need to get around people that'll pat you on the back and say, you're doing the wrong thing. What we, what we do is when people come into our lives and try to speak into our life, we go, oh, no, no, no. I want to be comfortable. God's saying, I put you there. put that person in your life to point out this issue in your life you need to work on. And you just ignored them. They're the body of Christ. And by doing that, you're ignoring me. Come on. So, but understand that in doing the right thing, listen, sometimes the reward is that. And I try to teach my kids this all the time. That sometimes just doing the right thing, that's the reward. You did the right thing. Come on. Number two, remember process. Remember process. Now, the thing about process is process takes time. Now, I know you, got, you ain't got time for time. I don't have time for time. I ain't got time for patience. I, I'm with you right there. But there is process. And process isn't fun. Is it? I mean, it takes time. Nobody got time for that. Come on. And that's what we do. We're like, you ain't got Time, I ain't got time. I want you to keep in mind this: that the fruit that is coming, you right now are not able to bear. Let me say that again: the fruit that is coming in your life right now, you can't bear it, because the fruit that is coming is big fruit, and big fruit requires strong, thick branches. This is why Jesus said several weeks ago: we talked about this. That he prunes us. Why? Because he's making us stronger. Because when it's pruned, it produces more fruit. You want to produce much fruit? Allow the pruning to come. This is hard. It's a process. It's painful. It's difficult. But big fruit requires strong, thick branches. And you want big fruit. I want you to have big fruit. God wants you to have big fruit. So what do you got to do? You got to produce branches. Well, they don't don't start off as big, strong branches, do they? Have you ever seen new, new grapes? Like when I was a kid, they had these grape vines, and we used to go and, and, uh, and try to pick grapes, and the grapes were tiny. They were grapes, but they were like the size of, of peas. And you tasted them, and they were bitter. They weren't sweet. Why did it produce them? Because they didn't have the branches to sustain big fruit. Because if big fruit grew on small branches, it would break the branch. And so part of the reason why you're not seeing more fruit in your life is because you don't have the capacity to handle what God is going to do. So he's preparing you. He's not mad at you. He's not frustrated at you. He's preparing you through the process for promise. He's preparing you through the process for the promise. So it's not a bad thing that you're being trimmed back. It's not a bad thing that he's removing certain people from your life or certain attitudes from your life, or certain habits. He likes you, and he wants you to bear more fruit. So he's going he's gonna to trim away the fat, and he's going to get rid of the stuff that keeps you from bearing big fruit, because he's got more fruit for you. Big fruit's coming, but it requires thick branches. No, that's no fun. So the process is preparing us for promise. It's all part of that pruning. Keep in mind this. Listen, you read that. Go read Hebrews 11. And be challenged by the people that have worked that worked their rear off, and God called it faith. We call faith like this thing that we talk about when we talk about like fairies, you know, or you know, little Disney, Disneyland faith. We're like, oh, you just gotta have faith. Just kind of believe. Believe in your dream. No, no, no. When we talk about faith, we're talking about a full investment. We're talking about absolute trust. Abraham, keep in mind that Abraham waited 25 years for a son that God promised him. 25 years. I bet every day that he woke up during those 25 years, he thought maybe today's the day. 25 years. And he didn't, he didn't have a like he didn't have a, a, a cell phone that had like games and stuff on it to keep him from being bored. He didn't have anything to distract him from the process. Twenty five years. Joseph, 13 years of trials, two years forgotten in jail, another nine years from his brother, another two years after that, 34 years of the dream that God put in his heart, 34 years to see it fulfilled. But if he would have bailed in the process, he wouldn't have got the promise, just like Abraham. Moses, 40 years in the wilderness. It wasn't his fault, but he was stuck there. 40 years. For the promise. David, anointed king, 15 years later, he becomes king. We're like, God said it. That means this week. Jesus. You know, we we see Jesus as a young man, and then we don't hear from him again for 18 years. All these people are like, what was Jesus doing? I think Jesus was doing this. He was learning from a man how to be a man. Because Jesus knew all about being God, but he didn't know anything about being a man. So he spent 18 years hiding out under a man to produce the kind of fruit that he was going to produce in his life. There was very much a pruning going on in Jesus' life. The only way you say, oh, that kind of bothers us. Well, Whoa, Jesus needed to reprune? Absolutely. Jesus had to be prepared for what he was able to handle. And he knew everything about being God because he's He's the first and the last. Come on. He's the Alpha and Omega. But he didn't know anything about being a man. So God put him under a man for 18 years to learn how to be a man. So he could know what we're going through. So we can deal with a process. Even Jesus had to go through a process. So remember, process. And keep in mind when you're going through the process, you're going through the process. Come on, you're not going to the process. Oh, it's never going to end. It is going to end. It will end. But you just got to stay faithful through it. Stay in the pocket. Just keep doing the right thing. It'll come. It'll happen. But you just keep doing the right thing. Oh, it's so hard, I know. Trust me, I've been, we planted this church four years ago. We moved out here with nothing, nothing, nobody. We moved out here. No money, just faithful. Just saying, okay, God, when's it going to happen? Process. Number three, don't quit. Can I tell you today that 90% faithfulness is not faithfulness. It's faith-lackness. 90% faithfulness is not faithfulness. That's faith-lackness. That means that you're lacking faithfulness. Faithfulness is 100% on, 100% of the time. That's what faithfulness is. Are you all okay? If, you're, if you were doing something that God called you to do by his word and by the leading of the Spirit, and then you said, I tried, but I stopped, you stopped being faithful, not him. So if God, call, if God calls you to do something, if God puts in your heart to do something, if there's something in the Word of God that God has called you to do, there, I mean, you know, there's those absolute things that we're called to do they are laid out in Scripture. If you stop doing those things and you say, well, I tried it, but it didn't work, I was faithful to it, and you stopped, then you stop being faithful. Well, I didn't see anything happen in my life. Well, if you didn't see anything happen in your life, it's because you stopped. You grew weary, you lost heart, and you quit. God didn't stop. He didn't check out, you checked out. Guys, listen, this race is not for the weak. It's not for the heartless. If faithfulness were easy, it would not begin with the word faith. If faithfulness were easy, it would not begin with faith. And if we are unfaithful with what God has trust us with and, ex- and, and, and expect the rewards of faithfulness, the, the rewards of faithfulness, We're deceived. Listen, if you were unfaithful with what God has given you, his word, the relationships in your life, the finances you have, if you were unfaithful with what you have, and you do not not remain faithful to God in that, he will not reward you with more. Your relationships will not be richer. Come on. Your finances will not be richer. Use that word carefully. The fruit of your life will not be richer, it will not be better. It'll be grinding. It'll be more worrisome, more burdensome. God has more for you than that. And can I tell you today that we cannot ask God to bless. This is what we do. We ask God to bless that which we steward poorly. We pray amiss. We cannot ask God to bless that which we're not good stewards of. We can ask God for forgiveness and ask God for another shot, and I believe he'll do it every time because he's good and he's kind and he's patient with us. Grace gives you something to steward. What about grace? Grace gave you it to steward. And grace empowers you every day to steward it. It doesn't empower you to, to throw it all away and be a poor steward of it. it. No, grace empowers you to do it. It puts wind in your cells. Now, let me just speak on this for just a second because some of us have done it whatever the right thing is, whatever the holy thing is, whatever the pleasing the Lord thing is, you've been going like for a long time. Now, I'm not talking about six months. I'm talking about six years, okay? We're, listen, we, we get so Americanized in our mindset, like this little bit of time, I'm gonna commit this little bit of time and I'm gonna commit this little bit of time and I'll see and I'll test the Lord and that's what he wants me to do. Listen, that is not faithfulness. Faithfulness is I'm selling out to it completely. I'm gonna do it until, until God says stop or until I see the reward of it. Are you with me? But if you are, if you've been grinding and you're not seeing any fruit, if you're working at working at working and, working and you're not see fruit, it's important to ask the question: God, am I doing what you called me to do, or is it just simply raw desire? Because sometimes we have desires and we go, "Well, God will bless it." We never ask God about it. Are you with me? Sometimes we've never asked God about what we're doing, and we want God to bless it. mean, you know that you can be doing something that God doesn't want you to do? So he's not going to bless it. So sometimes you might be working something and even doing it right, but God didn't call you to do that. So he's not going to bless it. And, And also understand this. It's important to look at these things and say, is it a little fruit that I'm producing or no fruit? So if you're doing the right thing, you're being faithful to it, and you're seeing no fruit, because we say that, right? We're real drastic. We're so dramatic. I'm producing no fruit. I mean, I've been like that since we planted the church. We're just not seeing any fruit. None. Right? You get discouraged. You're like, "Mm, it's Monday. I mean, it's just the way Monday feels usually when you're a pastor. God, we're just not seeing any fruit. And he's like, well, what about all those like 75 people that were there? Oh, it's maybe not the fruit that I want, but it's the fruit that God's producing. So is it little fruit or no fruit? If it was no fruit, I might need to do something else. Come on, are you with me? Maybe. But understand that a good thing is not always a God thing. And if you're not seeing any fruit, again, if you're not seeing any fruit from what you're doing, then you might need to reevaluate things. But if you're seeing, listen, if you're seeing just a glimmer, just a little bud of fruit if you're just seeing just a little bit of fruit understand that your day of breakthrough might be coming it might be tomorrow it might be next week you might see the windows of heaven just thrown up and all of a sudden just boom you walk through the biggest door you've ever walked through but if you are not faithful with the little you just gotta don't quit just be faithful just be faithful it's just a little bit of fruit but it's a little bit of fruit it's it's telling you you're doing the right thing and god's gonna come and he's gonna groom you a little bit more because he's got more to bring you but you've got to be at the place where you can contain it. So starve the weary. Listen, weary things grow. And this is what it tells us here in Galatians. Do not grow weary. Do not grow weary. How many of that weary doesn't happen? It grows. Tired happens, but weary grows. Come on, are you with me? Weary grows. Weary is a thing that grows weary. That grows. It grows into (laughs) more tired. Grows weary is a thing that grows weary, yes. Listen, we all wake up on bad days. We all have rough moments that we feel like crud, but weariness grows. Can I tell you today, don't let weariness grow. Because once you get weary, you get discouraged. Come on. Then you start stepping outside of the plan of God. It's just, what happens? Well, I did it for so long. Why did you quit? I grew weary. I got tired of doing the right thing and not seeing anything. I get it. But the encouragement in Scripture here is don't grow weary. Don't stop. The important thing when we're growing weary is not to let up, but to press in. Because this is what we do. We grow weary, we get tired, and we go, I need a break. So I'm going to stop doing all the things that God called me to do. I'm going to take a break. And then what do we do when we take a break? We quit. That's what we do. We bail. And then we're embarrassed to be around the people we've been doing community with because we quit. Then we alienate ourselves. This is what happens when we grow weary and we quit. Don't stop. Don't grow weary. The thing to do when you're growing weary is not to let up, but to press in. It's to press in. It's to press in and say, God, I know that this, it's it's when you you get that spirit on you and you're driving in your car and you're going, man, God, I don't know why I'm not seeing fruit, but it's getting hard. And I'm just pressing into you and I'm asking you to give me the strength and give me the grace to do the right thing. And I'm going to keep doing it, God. I'm going to keep doing it, but I need your strength. I need your power. And he's going, that's right. Come on, son. Come on, daughter, because it's moments like that that I'm making your branches fat. It's moments like that that I'm giving you the strength to contain the blessing that's coming. Don't Stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't disconnect from the vine. Stay plugged in. Don't quit. It's like we're going faithful. 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 Faithful! Fruitful! Fruitful! Faithful. Fruitful. Faithful. Fruitful. Just stay at it. Stay in the pocket. Stay there. Say, God, it's for you alone. You're producing fruit in my life. I'm going after you, Jesus. I'm weary. I'm down. It's hard. Faithful. Faithful. I'm running that race. Faithful. Faithful. Oh, man. I I don't know if I can do it any longer. Faithful. Fruitful. Fruitful. Fruitful in due time. If you faint not. If you don't give up. Stand up with me this morning. Some of you are weary. I'm weary right now. Not weary, but tired. Whew. I just went through a season. I'm going to lie with you. I'm going to lie to you this morning. I just went through a season the last several months. I mean, I, I, was, I found myself growing pretty, pretty weary. I was, I was allowing discouragement to come and set in. But, man, I was, as I was growing weary, I was building up a little strength. Come on, and I had a. The Bible says David said it this way: "Encourage myself in the Lord." Come on, I had to reevaluate some things. I was just, I was tired, and I was getting weary. And then I remember this scripture that it says right here in Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight. Jesus says, "Come to me," just like when he's talking about the vine. Come to me, come to me, all you who are weary. And carry heavy burdens. We know heavy burdens will make you weary in a hurry. Take my yoke on you. Let me teach you because I am humble and I am gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Listen, how do we stop growing weary? We come to Jesus. Jesus. We come to Jesus.